My name is Urbanator, and welcome to Holiday Cheer, the show that informs, explains, and discusses holidays. Tonight's episode celebrates Halloween. Wishing you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Tonight I have the honor of having a special guest here to explain to you the history of Halloween. And what better guest than the Halloween haunter himself from the Halloween Haunt podcast. So find a nice corner in your room to cozy up and hide because all of the monsters are coming for you as we prepare to discuss Halloween. When I think of what Halloween means to me, I think of spooky stories, scary movies, candy, costumes, candy, jack-o'-lanterns, and candy. I don't think of anything about how it started, anything associated with the dead, nor do I practice any rituals that the Celtic people practiced over 2,000 years ago. In my mind, I always found this holiday to be the kickoff for the next two great holidays, which were Thanksgiving and Christmas. So to explain to you what Halloween means to me, I made my own top five reasons I love Halloween. Number five. The holiday, although not a federal holiday, seems to be the most festive I can think of, only beaten by Christmas. Number four. Due to my coordinates on the planet, it comes perfectly in the middle of fall and the temperature is always perfect. Number three. I love how we all band together with the emotion of fear and excitement, all at the same time, followed by candy. Number two. The only night where you can go door to door for a sweet, chocolatey, sugary, chewy, goodnessy, and you don't have to render reimbursement. Number one. You can dress up as or take on the personality of any character on the face of the planet, and no one's going to judge you for it. I went trick-or-treating in the 1970s up until the late, all the way up till 2010, I think. And I'll explain that later. But Halloween was a time to get to know my neighborhood and my neighbors. And by age seven, I had already picked out which houses delivered the best candy and which houses delivered the best bags of pennies. I know the line is trick-or-treat, but I don't think I ever got away with any tricks. I think one year I toilet papered a house, and I felt so guilty that I never could go out there and do that again. I remember my first costume being Dracula at age four, then I was a hobo at age five, and then age six I was a pirate, age seven I was Dracula again, and I starred in my mom's haunted house for the very first time. I went trick-or-treating all the way up to age 15 in my old neighborhood. And it started looking pretty strange when this tall guy came up to the house, but I just couldn't get it out of my head that free candy was out there and I wasn't getting any. After the age of 15, I started hosting the haunted houses at my mom's house. And if you'd like to hear more on that story, go ahead and check out episode 6 of Zerbentoons. I tell you all about my haunted house history over there. The last time I trick-or-treated, I was with my daughter Kate and my daughter's friend, My daughter Kate went out as a hippie from the 60s and called herself Peace. And her friend went out as a mime and called herself Quiet. So they were Peace and Quiet. Me, I dressed up as Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. I had a pirate shirt. My wife took some Jamaican wig and cut it up and put a very long goatee on me with braids all the way down. 
and then we put the rest of the Jamaican wig over my head and we put a bandana on me we put eyeliner over my eyes and did a really nice job on my goatee and made me look as Johnny Depp as possible I even had the accent down and I got a lot of candy that Halloween I really learned how many women actually loved that role of Captain Jack Sparrow because they would open the door and instead of saying trick-or-treat, I said, Pardon me, love, would you have any candy in the back, maybe in a dish somewhere close by the front door? And these women went nuts, came home with 15 pounds of candy. Beat that. After these messages, we'll be right back. Make Halloween fun and easy. One-stop shopping at Woolworth or Woolco for your Halloween needs. Costumes from $1.83 to $3.99, like Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, Superheroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and a new favorite for girls, Holly Hobby. You can get wrapped candies of every kind. Bubblegum, lollipops, fun-size candy bars. Get this Halloween record. Sounds to make you shiver just $1.89. Make Halloween fun and easy. Make just one stop at Woolworth or Woolco for your Halloween needs. And now back to holiday cheer. Ever since that last time trick-or-treating, and I won't bother telling you how old I was, but it wasn't too long ago. But ever since then, I spend Halloweens out admiring other trick-or-treaters. I try to take the dog with me so I don't look like some freak walking the neighborhood. And I try to look for outdoor haunted houses or places where uh, there's a lot of decorations because I love Halloween decorations. And I love the feeling of being scared, knowing that it's safe to be scared. That's the best part. And now with the history of Halloween is the Halloween Haunter from the Halloween Haunt podcast at HalloweenHaunt.wordpress.com <laughs> Welcome to the Halloween Haunt. Here in the dark corners you'll find the bizarre traditions, ghastly history, and scary stories and poems. And now, the OG himself, that's ominous ghoul, the Halloween Haunter! <laughs> Halloween has stood the test of time. It comes from All Hallows' Eve, the day before All Hallows' Day, which is also known as All Saints' Day, and is a day when Catholics honor saints. The date of Halloween is significant. It's in the midst of what we call fall, and often wintry weather starts creeping in. In the old days, it was the death of summer and the end of summer's bounty. Like many holidays, all kinds of traditions got mixed up to create Halloween. Many people believed the souls of dead people came back to visit family and friends on Halloween. Back in the 5th century BC, folks in Celtic Ireland, UK, and Northern France celebrated Samhain, the Lord of the Dead in winter and also the name of the night before the end of summer, October 31st. Dark, cold winter started the next day. They considered it the time when the border between our world and the spirit world blurred, making it easy for the souls of people who had died the year before to come back, looking for living bodies to possess for their afterlife. Folks who were still alive didn't like that idea, so they would dress up in scary costumes and have noisy parades to scare away the spirits. 
They would also put out their fires and make their homes as cold and uninviting as possible. You would think the ghosts would like that. There was one positive about the spirits. Having all these ghosts around made it easier for the druids, otherwise known as their priests, to predict the future, which is important when you depend on the planet to give you everything, and you're just barely getting by. Eventually, the Romans were in charge, and in their 400 years of rule, they injected a couple of other festivals into Samhain. Feralia fell in late October, and guess what? It was to honor the passing of the dead. There was also a day for Pomona, the goddess of fruit and trees. You can hear more about her in the Bobbing for Apples edition of the Halloween Haunt at HalloweenHaunt.wordpress.com. When Christianity spread into the culture, the Pope designated November 1st All Saints Day for saints and martyrs, and later November 2nd became All Souls Day for the rest of the dead, and the whole Megillah, including the Eve of All Saints, became Halomas. Over the years, people became less afraid of ghosts, but they were still into dressing up and having parades. Eventually, the Irish came to America in the 1840s to escape the potato famine. They brought Halloween with them. But that's another story for another time. Don't let me forget, the ghosts may steal my brain. Don't forget that you can get knowledge on just about anything to do with Halloween over at HalloweenHaunt.wordpress.com. I want to thank the Halloween Haunter for the history of Halloween. The music chosen for tonight's episode was the Toccata and Fugue in D minor by Bach. The best music for Halloween ever written. I want to thank you guys for listening. I'm going to end the show tonight with a song that I did back in 2002 called Halloween Mix. And what it is, is the mix of the theme song to the movie Halloween, the theme song to The Exorcist, and the theme song to the Amityville Horror, mixed together with one more theme that you'll find out at the very end of the song. And they're all combined together to mesh to show you just how cool those three movies, theme songs, mixed together as one song. So enjoy it. Thank you all for listening, and have a great Halloween. <laughs> Moi. <laughs> Enjoy.
Observinator's music and podcasts are under the Creative Commons license, which allows retelling and rebroadcasting as long as the author is notified and credited. For more great escape pods, please visit www.zervinator.wordpress.com. If you would like to contact Zervinatorland, you can send an email to instrumentally at gmail.com or give us a call at 571-408-ZERB or 9372.